Welcome to the podcast again today, and welcome again to this special Christmas season of podcast. We are uh, just enjoying bringing happy holidays. Thanksgiving was a tremendous time and and just uh, such a good time with the family, and now we're in this Christmas season, and this particular Christmas will lead into a brand new year opportunity. Now, without respect as to when you might think Jesus is born or was born, uh, let me encourage you, set aside some time to celebrate Christmas. December the 25th, you know, we don't know that it's the specific day, and, and many people believe it was not, and I'm in that group of people, but nonetheless, it is a day when if we bind ourselves together and join ourselves together in a pure heart and in, and, and in, the, in the spirit of, of, of bringing uh, a praise, bringing uh, a, a recognition to the birthday of Jesus, when we bind ourselves together and join ourselves together, do you know the whole world realizes that we're celebrating Christmas? They can try all they want to to take Christ out of Christmas, but the world cannot do it. I mean, a lot of people write Xmas. Have you seen that, you know, through the years? You know, I, I, I don't like that, and I can't do that. Xmas, I'm trying to take Jesus, trying to take Christ out of Christmas. But, you know, no matter what you see up there, even when you see an Xmas up there, you know, everybody in their mind still says Christmas. They do. It's Christmas. It's Christ. It's the day of Christ. It's the day when the whole world has to deal with the fact that Jesus was born. (laughs) Wonderful. I get so excited about that. The whole world, without respect to their religion or custom creed, without respect to their their nationality or, uh, you know, their, their culture, when it comes Christmas time, the whole world has to deal with Christ. And the whole world has to deal with the fact that we as Christians, with a smile on our face and joy in our heart, have a celebration, giving one another presents and, and gathering together and singing songs like Silent Night, Holy Night, like Joy to the World, you know, uh, uh, these songs that bring about a remembrance and a celebration of the birth of of Jesus Christ, remembering what happened in the manger in Bethlehem on that fateful night near 2,000 years ago. No one can go through this season without having to deal with the fact that Jesus is the reason for the season. Without respect to what they say, they deal with Jesus. And it just brings a heightened awareness to the fact that on that wonderful night, angels declared peace on earth, goodwill toward men. What a wonderful picture. And here we are in this season. Today, we're going to be talking about some events leading up to this birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And one of the events we're going to be talking about is, uh, is an event that happened about nine months before his birth. It was the event where Gabriel, the angel of the Lord, the messenger of God, was sent to a small town in Galilee. This town was Nazareth. Uh, If you've been with me uh, on any of our trips to Israel, we visit the city of Nazareth. What a wonderful, picturesque place there as we visit Mary's well, the traditional site where Mary was, this young lady was, whenever this angel came and visited her and came into her and gave her the news. Well, it's just a traditional site. We visit many other sites around the, the city of Nazareth. And if you visited Nazareth in this particular 
particular season in this time of the year, you would see the whole city decorated in remembrance of what took place there in, in, in this Christmas season. And not only in Nazareth is the city decorated, but so many cities around Israel decorate for Christmas. That's right. They do. Many cities have a population that is, uh, that is uh, a, a Christian population, such as Nazareth, for example. There's a Coptic Christian population there. In fact, uh, some of my very good friends, their last name is Copti, and they are from Nazareth, and they've been going to uh, uh, the church I pastor now for, oh, 25 years, I guess. And uh, they were just young kids when they came, and now they're uh, men. And uh, one of my great friends, uh, uh, Paul, has uh, you know family, children, and uh, he was, uh, you know, uh, he's, he's from Nazareth. His name is Coptic, a Coptic Christian. Now, in Israel, you are born a Christian. In many other countries, you are born a Christian. You're born a Muslim. You're born, you know, a Hindu. You're born... Uh, you know, and, and into a religion. But more than just being born into religion, in order to actually become a Christian, you have to be born again. And that is the message, of course, that we teach and we believe. You, you, uh, whether you're born into a Muslim family or born into a, a, a Hindu family or born uh, into a Buddhist family or born into even born into a Christian family, born into a Catholic family, into a Baptist family, you know, uh, or born into a, you know a, 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 an atheist family, whatever you may be born into. You still have to be born again to actually become a child of God. And so let me encourage you, make sure that you are born again. And in this Christmas season, that's what it speaks. God sent his only son. And oh, how beautiful it is there in, in Israel this time of year, and especially in the town of Bethlehem where Jesus was born. Uh, you know, there, there's uh, all kinds of lights up and just wonderful there in, 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 uh, in Bethlehem. It's amazing this season of year. But uh, let's get to the word today. It's going to be in Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1 begins by telling us about the birth of John the Baptist, who was about six months older than Jesus uh, and uh, was born to, uh, to a family that was related to Jesus. But when Elizabeth, who is John the Baptist's mother, when Elizabeth was six months pregnant, the angel of the Lord named Gabriel went to visit this young girl in Nazareth. Out of all of the young ladies all over the world, out of all the young ladies in every generation and season, God had chosen Mary. She was highly favored uh, by God. That's what the angel said. Uh, uh, hello, Mary. Uh, you are highly favored among women. And here this angel begins to tell her of this marvelous thing that's going to happen, that she's going to become pregnant and she's going to bring forth the Son of God, Messiah of the Jews and Savior of the world. And, and so this angel is telling her all of this and, and she is marveling because, uh, you know, it's, it's a, going to be a fulfillment of prophecy, which she had been aware of, but, but being highly favored and this angel just showing up there uh, uh, just uh, unannounced and, and, you know, the anointing of the Holy Spirit there having prepared her heart, no telling how long uh, that God had been preparing her and preparing her heart. You know, that's what God does. God speaks to us and prepares us before he delivers us into our greatest opportunity. Uh, and, and God works on the hearts. And then here, as God had worked on Mary's heart, no doubt, this announcement to her from this messenger from heaven just opened up 
and made sense of what she'd already been feeling, of what she'd already been drawn to, of what she already, in many ways, already uh, most likely believed. Here in her heart, she found that, that, that it was awakened unto the will of God. Something woke up on the inside of her, some faith, some, some deposit of God on the inside of her. God is very faithful to deposit your, your calling, your destiny, His will in your life. God is very faithful to make a, an investment in your life before He brings you to a point of decision. He's, he's, he's just that good, okay? He's just that calculated, strategic, methodical. He's just that much God is that he prepares us. And I have no doubt that he prepared Mary and those around Mary, including Joseph and Mary's family. You know, the Bible does not tell every tenant of the story. The Bible only tells one story, but it does not tell the whole story. But, you know, uh, for example, the Bible does not tell us what Mary's mom and dad thought about her being pregnant. The Bible does not tell us, uh, you know, what uh, uh, Joseph's mom and dad thought about him marrying a woman who was with child and it was not his child. You know, the Bible does not tell us everything, and we are free to imagine, uh, uh, based upon uh, all of our understanding, what might have happened behind the scenes. But God's story, the one story, his story, the Bible does tell us the facts that are pertinent and necessary to move us along in the Word and in the will of God. And what the Bible does tell us is Mary, this young girl, being a virgin, she had real questions and reasonable questions here to the angel. And one of the questions she said whenever the angel told her that she was going to uh, become pregnant and she was going to bring forth a, a, you know, a, a son and call his name Jesus and, and he would be savior of the world. And uh, Mary had a question. And when it came her time to respond, she said, how can this thing be? You know, uh, how in the world can this happen? Well, in verse 37, the angel told her, he said, you know, Mary, with God, nothing shall be impossible. <laughs> How in the world is this going to happen? Well, you let God uh, figure out and work on and make happen what only God can make happen. You see, God can do things that man cannot do. And the fact of the matter is God can do all things. But, but here the angel simply concludes in his in his uh, giving Mary instructions by telling Mary that God has this. God can do it. All things are possible. Nothing is impossible with God. And he even gave some testimony that that uh, your cousin Elizabeth, who was old and and way too old to to conceive, she has conceived and and she's going to have a, a a child. God did that, and if God did that, God can take care of your problem. You know, it's so important that we share testimonies with one another and and accounts of what God has already done, because that's what Gabriel did when Mary said, "How in the world can this happen?" He said, "Well." you know, the spirit of the Lord will come upon you and overshadow you and, you know, and, and you'll conceive. And, and listen, just think about it, that, that, that your cousin Elizabeth, who was barren all these years and is, is elderly, uh, she's conceived. And, and, if the, and if that's possible, well, then, then it's just one more step to believe that God's possible, you know, to, to do a miracle in your life. If God can do a miracle for somebody else, he can do a miracle for you. And that was the angel's conclusion. And no doubt it brought some encouragement to Mary, as it brings encouragement to each one of us to realize that 
God did something for somebody that we know. God did something for somebody else. He did something for someone in our family. He did something. He did a miracle for somebody that was close to us, that we knew their situation, knew their circumstance, and we knew there was no way, and God did it for them. You know, when those things happen, it gives us encouragement. It gives us faith. It gives us a reason to take one more step with God and to believe that God could also do something for us. How much more important it is when we receive a miracle, when we receive help, when we receive guidance, instruction, when we receive deliverance, when we receive salvation from God, how much more important it is for us to realize we have an incumbent responsibility to share our testimony with others. You see, what God did for you will make a big difference in other people believing that God can do something for them. Our testimony is powerful. In fact, the Bible says that we overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. And that's what the angel was using here to help Mary take that next step of faith with God. And he said, God did a miracle for your cousin. And nothing is impossible with God. And with that Mary, that was just enough evidently. And I believe that's one of the reasons it's included here. Because testimonies add strength and power and hope and faith to our life. It was just enough for Mary to reach out and added with what God had already been doing in her life and preparing her and hearing this word and, and seeing this angel and, and feeling this anointing and, and all the things put together. This testimony was the one thing that made her go ahead and reach out toward faith. And this is what Mary said. And sometimes this is the absolute uh, best we can do in faith, okay? Here's what Mary said in verse 38 of, of the first chapter of Luke. And Mary said, behold, the handmaiden of the Lord. Now, what is she saying? What is she saying when she says, look at me and, and behold, look, I'm the handmaiden of the Lord. She is saying, look, I'm the servant of God. Look at the servant of God. I'm the servant. I, you know, I'm just a servant. Recognize me as someone who's just willing to serve God. If this is the will of God, I'm willing to do that. I am willing to do whatever God wants me to do. That, what a powerful exclamation in our lives whenever we come up against something that perhaps seems very formidable or something that we cannot do or something that we believe God wants and we don't know how to participate. One of the things we can do is identify ourselves as a servant of the Lord. Like Mary said, basically, I serve at his command. Whatever he wants to do, I'm fine with. If that's what he wants, then great. I am his servant. Okay. Are you God's servant? Are you the servant of the Lord or are you the servant of yourself? Are you the servant of, of, of some ideology, some dream, some, some desire, uh, some pursuit? What are you serving? Ultimately, Mary here identified herself at her heart as she had nothing better to do than just to serve the will of God. And that's what she told the messenger of God. Look at me, she said. You know, when he, when he explained it to her, she probably still could not explain it. And, you know, whenever he gave her the answers, they, they, they may not have answered every question, but one of the things it did is it gave her faith to reach forward and say, whatever God wants, I am his servant. Look at me. I am the handmaiden of the Lord. She continues in verse 38, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. 
You know, that's all the angel was looking for. The angel was just looking for agreement. He knew that once he could get Mary to agree with God, once he could get Mary to identify this and be willing to go forward in this manner, once he could get Mary's uh, uh, agreement that he had done his part, and that's nothing more the angel could do. God still had to take it from here. And so Mary saying, yes, be it unto me according to thy word. I'm the servant of God. Whatever God wants is fine with me. The angel, having concluded his business, departed. You know, sometimes God's greatest work in our lives is just getting us to agree with him, getting us to the point where we're willing to do whatever he wants, to where we realize that, you know, at heart and in reality, we really are just a servant of the Lord. And that's the greatest attribute that we could give to God, the greatest gift the greatest support that we could give to God is just recognize ourselves as his servant, that we really uh, don't have a lot uh, uh, to add to the equation. We're just willing to do whatever God wants. And that's what Mary did. And today I want to encourage you and those that, that will hear you. I want to encourage you about two things. Number one, I want you to be willing to share your testimony with others, the victories that God has given you, the times in your life when you know that he's given you a word or guidance or deliverance or salvation. What God has done for you, share with others. You know, nothing will, will make a person take that step and receive salvation, eternal life. Nothing will lead a person to trust God to be born again more than your simple testimony because God has already been dealing with people all around you. God's already been working in their hearts. He's already been adding faith to them. He's already been encouraging them. He's already been speaking to them in their nighttime. He's already been leading them. He's got them to a certain point. And what they need is a clear presentation of your testimony. This is what God did for me. You know, just this past Sunday in church, a man who had not been to church before came to church and he did not know. He said he did not know anything about Jesus. And he was inquisitive. He just wanted to know. I And I I sensed he was serious. He just wanted to know. He asked me some questions that I thought they were so simple. I thought first he must be teasing me. Certainly uh, there's no one in America, certainly no one in the Bible belt. There's certainly no one uh, in, you know, in, in, in my church, in this small community visiting my church today who, uh, who really doesn't know the Bible, never read the Bible, never been to church, doesn't know anything about church and really doesn't know anything about Jesus. But that's where he was. And he asked me a simple question. And the Spirit of the Lord led me to answer that simple question in a very simple way. I said, well, let me tell you what God did in my life. I once was uncertain about the Word of God and the things that God wrote in this Bible. I, too, once did not know. But when God began to speak to me and led me to give my life to Him, all of the sudden, Things begin to change. And as I learned the Bible, I found out it was true. And I want you to know that truly I believe what this word says now. I believe that God so loved the world that he gave his only son on the cross of Calvary for my sins. And I believe if I will but ask him, he will forgive me of my sins and he will save my soul. And then after that, 
Life will just be a daily adventure as you grow in Christ. I got born again, and it changed my life. He looked at me, and he went, wow, wow. You know, that's what I want. Isn't it amazing how a testimony, just a simple testimony, just, well, this is what happened to me, can resound in someone else's life? You see, because if God will do it for you, certainly other people can imagine he can do it for them. So I want you to share your testimony. And a second thing I want you to do this Christmas season is realize that the greatest you will ever be is just a servant of the Lord without, you know, resistance. And that the only thing that you're pursuing is serving him. Let it be this Christmas season according to the word, according to the will of God in your life. Won't you say that with me right now? God, be it unto me according to thy word. Be it unto me according to thy word. I am your servant. Whatever you want is okay with me. I may not have the answers, Lord, but be it unto me according to your word. Amen. God bless you. I pray that you have a very merry Christmas season as we're leading up to this wonderful day that we celebrate the birth of Jesus. Put Christ and make Christ the reason for the season. God bless you. I'll see you back here next week on another podcast.